It's the Old Doctor Who Show, episode number 78, The Daleks. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a joke, Eddie? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows, the TARDIS will be free of the force field. But well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a unity. It's like a person. Resulting reaction. Despite it. Are you ready? Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, your tri-weekly classic Doctor Who review podcast. I mixed it up on that one, Dan. I liked it. You know why? Because I was thinking about it, and I always say classic tri-weekly. But it's tri- the tri-weekly format itself is not classic. No, that's... And so not, the, well, now it is. It tends to imply that the tri-weekly part is classic, and not that the fact that we we are covering classic Doctor Who, and I don't like to overthink things. So Clearly. So I uh, switched it up a little bit. How are you, Dan? Our three weeks are up. Our three weeks are up. Freedom are up. Now Out we have to box, do this. everyone. Just the <laughs> red lights go on, and we topple out of our little cages i like that you decided to mix it up uh for our second go round from the beginning again so it's like a a rebirth everything's brand new um yeah they they say the 78th time is the hardest one so this is a gritty is a grittier edgier uh t-o-d-w-s it's true the old doctor who show it's just t-o-d-w-s oh right d-w-s colon knights uh it's like when it just became 90210 (laughs) knights pit after dark it's true. This one, this one's brought to you by hard alcohol. Well, not actually hard alcohol. This episode is brought to you by Austin East Cider's Blood Orange Cider. On my oh, end, oh fancy! It's nice. What are What are you imbibing I, this afternoon? I'm a big fan of uh, tequila, and so uh-huh. I'm uh, my go-to tequila is the Casamigos Reposado, huh? Uh, which I enjoy. That sounds super fancy. That's nice. Is that, is that what you're doing right now? You're just doing shots. I'm just doing lines <laughs> of cocaine. Oh, I mean, yes, I'm doing. I'm drinking uh-huh. uh, tequila. That's what I do. I like it. I like it neat. I don't. I don't put really? ice in it. I just it, it's the way that you're supposed to drink it. I, I guess so. Oh, that's what you were drinking the other day. Um, yeah, it's delicious. You should try it. <laughs> yes, it's delicious. Um, do we want to? I was going to say someone should send us some. No, oh, I don't even know if that's legal. Well, I think is it is. This, there's but nothing the reason do... why I say that it's is not the because FCC or at something. the top of the show, uh-huh. Dan and I got one of the nicest. Things from a listener, and I think we have to say something. Hair of the Hound, if you're out there, thank you. For those that don't follow our Twitter or our Instagram, I think I put it on Instagram. I think it was on both. Uh, everywhere. Uh, we got a very nice letter. So I got the, you know, anytime there's a package mm. uh, in the P.O. box and you get that slip and it says, package is too big for the box. And oh. then you know you got to get in that line and it's this an- anticipation. What's, what's it going to be? What's in the box? And then I got a flat envelope, Mm -hmm. and it was from the UK, so already exciting international mail. International mail, man. And uh, it said a photo, and a part of me was like, "Uh uh-oh, like, (laughs) what's this going to be? Because you don't know what you're going to get. Because I think I told you that one time on Twitter, someone DM'd me a picture of just a guy in a diaper. Don't know who. I didn't know the person. Uh, and I got that. So it's like I'm always like if someone's sending me a photo, I'm always a little bit like, huh? I'm really glad that you got uh, that subscription to Diaper of the Month Club that I signed <laughs> you up for. It was the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing. And I think I still have it. In my de- <laughs> like I didn't – because I'm just so 
I don't even want to look at it. Like, I don't know what, who, who, was it a joke? Like, was it somebody that thought I would think it's funny? Or right. is it just a creepy dude? Like, I don't know. You don't know. So it's like one of those mysteries best left left unsolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so we get this and they open it up to a super nice letter. It's uh, about the show and they say nice things about you, Dan. And, and the, the whole thing was great. And then I see a picture behind it and it's of Ace. Uh, or the actress, um, whose name I can't remember. Sophie. Sophie Coppola. Oh. No, Sophia Coppola. <laughs> Sophia Coppola. So, so, so you see you know, this picture of Ace, and it's like, well, that was nice. They sent us a picture of Ace. And then a part of me is also like, well, that's, I guess there's a picture of Ace. We're going to have a picture of Ace, right? Not realizing no. that then I open it up, and it was like this slow motion reveal that in the top left of the picture is a personalized to Dan and Eric, or to Eric and Dan, I don't remember exactly. Doesn't matter, same, either way. Uh, then it said, like, T-O-D-W-S, or uh-huh. th- at the old Doctor Who show, and it was signed by her. Sophie Aldridge actually signed it for us. Yeah, I was completely blown away, and that was super generous, and Hair of the Hound went up and got the autograph and everything, and I just... Yeah, so we got a... We super happy. contacted uh, you guys on Twitter about that to say thanks, and... Um, Thank you, Eric, for remembering and did this on the, on the show as well. And thank me, Eric, for constantly whining for people <laughs> to send us stuff to Please. P.O. Box 2131, uh, Redman, New Jersey, 07701, because it's really starting to pay off. This is, this is, we're going to retire on that, that yep. sign photo. I planted photo. those seeds uh, in season one of the old Doctor Who show, and season two is going to be all about reaping the benefits. Yeah, this is the classic Chekhov's uh, post office box. Mm-hmm. If there's a post office box mentioned in the first act. Yep. You're going to get it's something in the third. End in our death. In, uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's how that goes. Season two cliffhanger. <laughs> um, but so we also got a photo of Hair uh, the Hound and friends uh, with Sophie getting the thing signed, which was very cool. Uh, she does look great um, after all these years. That was that was the nicest thing um, anyone's ever done for me. Yeah, we will link it up uh, to in the show notes or whatever. Yep. to the to On the, the site. You'll see it there. So that but was other amazing. Than that, Dan, you also have some news to announce. It's not it's not news news, but um, we had been thinking about this for a while, and it, it's one of those things where you you think about it for a while, and it takes like it's never going to happen. Then all of a sudden, when it actually happens, it seems too fast. But we uh, decided to adopt a puppy. So we have we have a puppy. now we have two. Yes, you have two. We're back. To what two. is? It? Are you allowed to say the name of it, or is it? I'm not, no, no. We don't talk about our children just to protect their privacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, we think his name is going to be Jackson. Okay, Jack. We call him Jack. Uh, he came to us with the name Corey. And oh, I, Corey, Corey Haim or Corey Feldman? He was both. It was Corey's. It's actually you his name came to us. Them the two Corey's. The, the Corey's. Yeah. Or just keep just alternate between <laughs> Haim or Feldman. Feldman, get out of the trash. <laughs> Haim, you're licking yourself in public. Which could honestly, <laughs> I think it probably actually either. happened. Yeah, yeah, that was from he real could life. Be, uh, the ghost of Corey Haim could come through him. Yeah. I'm not no. saying the dog's haunted. No, I don't think he is. <laughs> He's a real sweet dog. Doesn't show any penchant for uh, uh, alleged yeah. drug alcohol abuse. Um, no, it's uh, so that was really nice. We're, we're very happy. And uh, uh, my boyfriend and I were able to compromise, which is not a thing that happens very often, where he wanted a, as soon as you can get him, puppy, two months old. And I said, there's no way in hell I'm doing that again. Uh, I want a year old. We settled on somewhere in between, and this one uh, became available seven or eight months old they don't know seven or eight months old beagle he's adorable 
I will have photos on the show page. Actually, I'll just link to my Instagram account because that's all it's going to be for the yeah, next it's year. Gonna good, uh, it's going to be a dog and pony show. No, uh, uh, yeah, we're getting a pony Dan, next week. Uh, has a pony outfit that he likes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you if I'm the front end or the back end, though. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> on that note, speaking of front end and back end and jamming people into things, uh, let's talk about the Daleks. Oh. Oh boy! Oh boy! That's pretty great, actually. I, I really like that a yeah, lot. See, it actually works if you uh, think about it long. Holy enough. crap! All right, uh, well, you want to uh... hit the button and take us there, unless you have anything else to add. Oh, you know, what? I'll say one other oh. thing. Okay. No, I won't. I'll save it to the end. So just hit that. Oh button. wow! Now I'm gonna listen the whole oh, way through to yeah, the end. Now you're gonna have to stick around. <laughs> All right, let's hit that button. <laughs> Your legs are paralyzed. You will recover shortly, unless you force us to use our weapons again. In that case, the condition will be permanent. You two, help him. My legs! My legs! Can't use my legs. This is the Daleks, Dan. Uh, this aired in 1963 and 1964. What? Uh, this is the second story in the first. It season. only felt like it went for an entire year. Yes, I'm going to hold on. It went for uh, save that, I guess, for the end. This is directed. The story is so big. It was directed by two people, <laughs> Christopher Barry and uh, Richie Martin, or Richard Martin, if you want to be a Ricky. jerk about it. I think he likes Ricky. Uh, it's written by Terry Nation. Uh, the TARDIS lands on a strange planet filled with petrified forests and abandoned cities. Uh, the Doctor, his introverted granddaughter, a nice lady, and an action dad, discovered that they are actually on Scaro, where super laid-back Aryans turn out to be uh, not the ones that are hell-bent on genocide this time. All this, plus some classic underground canyon jumping. Uh, Dan, what did you think of the seven-parter, the Daleks? Well, I'll say it was uh, a seven-parter that only felt like 12. Um, overall, I really like this story a lot. Um, it was, uh, it's, it's really fun. So, you know, if you're listening to these in order... Um, you know that we're starting over again from the beginning, so now we're going back to the first Doctor. Um, this is the second serial in the first season. Um, so I don't even remember how the end of, uh, Unearthly Child, how that ended and good, went to this one, but, so I, I, I forgot, because... <clears throat> I feel like the, the end of that was they were in uh, Thousand Beast, uh, whatever it was, 10,000 BC, I don't right. know, 100,000 BC, sure. and then I think they were supposed to be going home. And something went something wrong. Something went wrong. The and then I mean, this one, yeah, you see that they're not home. They're not home, and they had expected to be home, and they're all disappointed at the beginning. Um, I, you asked me, what do I think of this overall? I, I thought this was a really great story. Um, you know, we, we do bemoan the fact that we're going back to these seven parters. Um, the pacing is very different than it than it ended up being um, towards the end of the run or in, in later years of these stories. So <clears throat> some of that becomes a little bit difficult. This is definitely a story that I think they could have dropped two episodes and it would have been much improved. Um, just tighten up the story. But overall, all the things that happened, the introduce, introduction of the Daleks, the uh, really fleshing out the, the companion's characters. I, I want to know more about Susan. I hope we get to see some more. I don't Susan's even know what happened. got a lot of stuff going on upstairs. <laughs> yes, she She's does. Like working She's... through some things. She doesn't a lot of well. You keep going because no, I, I, I mean, there's nothing else. What we can just talk about it as we go through. So, but overall, I I 
enjoyed it a lot more than the dread I felt going into it would have uh, indicated. Um, but Eric, what did you think of this story? Uh, I like the story. The seven-part nature of it was a little hard, I think. Uh, but, you know, it's not designed to be watched over two nights, which is how I did it. So I'm, I'm, it's not the show's fault that I'm cramming these in. But I will say... I liked the way that they created each one of these parts as it's sort of a mini sort of story. So the the Daleks is the overall title, but each of the different parts have their own title. Yep. And there's episodes in that seven-part run where the Daleks aren't even in it. So you have, like, I like the fact that that whole episode that is underground. So, like, they're, mm-hmm. they split into two teams and they're going to invade the city and there's actually some you know strategy to it which was cool so one team is going through this horrible swamp area and through the mountains and another team's going through the city so so you you do a whole scene or a whole episode where they're underground they don't know where they're going mm-hmm. they're following all these paths nobody on the team on the uh, Hartnell team knows how to tie a rope apparently because uh, people are being dropped and uh, for whatever but i i like that it felt like okay this is they're they're going to have fun with this, and it was very tense and like how they're going to get across this chasm, and the one brother doesn't want to be a part of it, and the other brother's guilting them, and and, you, and it didn't feel dragged out. Whereas I think you said wow. maybe they could cut two, but it was like okay, well they're they're just going to play with this. This could be a standalone episode almost, and it doesn't really matter what the overall goal is. This episode is about surviving, and how are they going to survive and sort of find their way out? And I felt like that sort of worked as like a little microcosms of adventure stories that happen to have a, an overall thread to it. Does that make sense? It does. I'm just surprised by it. This is the one uh, bit of the story that I would cut entirely. I liked all the underground stuff. I, it was, I it was like a, You it didn't was find it repetitious? Like It was the same thing over... Like, I just defined repetitious. Jumping, yeah, I mean, yeah. well... Well, you have... Okay, from, from what I remember, you had sort of two main things going on. So you had... Uh, Susan, her and one of the fellas, uh, mm-hmm. where he's going to go and they're flirting back and forth and stuff. And he's going to go like, you know, in your place, you'd say ladies first, but I'm going to go first. Honey, well, that, that was Barbara. Oh, right, right. No, I'm that was Barbara. Susan. I mean, Barbara. Yes. Susan yes. has nothing going on. She well, really Su- at, the, at the end, she kind of gives... Barbara's got some action. Susan That's gives a big of. hug at the end that seemed a little bit more than just a platonic thank you. She just wants to feel something. <laughs> this is she true. She is just completely She's ignored dead most of the time. She's always talking and no one's nah. listening. And she needs a friend of some kind. Let's come no, back to Barbara. that. Let's Barbara. Let's talk about were... Barbara yes. and the connection she has. Yes. Because I don't know... I can't remember what gets established in... Uh, an unearthly child in the 10,000 BC or whatever it's called. But Ian and Barbara are an item? No, not they're an just item. teachers. They're just teachers they're at Cole Hill School. teachers. Because she is starved for affection, I feel like, Barbara. And she finds this guy and they got something going on. And he's like, hey, you know, go in. I'm going to go in here, but blah, blah, blah. Just tie me off, lady. And she somehow ties it to a rock, but not really. And then yeah. trips over her own feet. Yep. And he goes plummeting down to the bottom. Yeah. And even after he falls, he's just worried, is she okay? Right, right. Barbara's fine. Maybe she's got a little uh, flask or something that she's working on. Uh, oh, that would like, so, so you have that thing, and then you have later on the big jump across where the brother 
basically yeah. uh, says he doesn't want to do it, and then he does it, and then, and by the way, he jumps the brother, misses, mm-hmm. then Ian's holding on for dear life with the weight pulling him down. Right. And then the other guy comes over, and instead of them grabbing the rope and pulling on the rope together to pull the guy up yeah. and getting more people, they just all kind of hang out. He holds Ian, and then the guy suicides himself. He suicides himself, yeah. They could have got him up. I, I think he got what he deserved. No, I, I, you're absolutely right. There's, there's a couple of those moments where it's well, like, there, it, there, why were you? With him too. I uh, know we're already. You're right. Go for all it. over the place. Doesn't but matter. That guy tells his brother, "I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, man." Right. And his brother's like, "Yeah, but you should." And then there's a rock fall. fall right. Yep. That happens. But yep. before the that, cave-in. the brother like knocks his brother out. Right. And then blames it on the rocks. No, that was yeah, no. Yes, right. That's he, not, not, no. he falls over and then he's already out and then the rocks fall and everyone comes in and they're like he's like, Oh yeah, he saved my life. He's a hero. Uh it was the rocks that got him. It was like, no, he wanted to leave and then you violently Both things happened. They they got into a fight and but I don't he, think the rocks hit him. I think he used I think that the, as an excuse. I don't think he's Watch no. that scene again. No. All right. <laughs> I will I will never I will literally never watch that scene again. Um, no, I, I thought it's so 100% got, true. <laughs> they got into a tussle. Um, he hit his head against the wall or something, hit his head somehow. He gets knocked over. Then a, the rocks fall. Then the rocks fall, and, and the brother the does get and up and pushes pushes the aggressor out of the way. I wish we could remember names, I don't but think I couldn't that be bothered. Happens. Maybe he pushes him out of the way. I don't but remember I don't... him actually doing it. I feel like he no, makes he did. up that thing. He did push him out of the way. That happens. But I don't know that he gets hit while I doing watch it that. Because I no, remember do it, it totally different. I'll just send you. I don't the remember end. him actually pushing him out of the way, but I remember him saying that to like make him more of a hero than he was because he was he didn't want to tell them right. his brother was being a coward, so he made right. him out to be a hero. And then they learn that he's kind of a coward when, and, and good on Super Dad, uh, the Ian, who throws him the rope. The guy completely misses it, and he's just yeah. like a dad at a ball game with his son that can't catch a fly ball, and he's like. <laughs> Oh, no, it was my fault. It was a bad throw. Uh, we're going to get through this, uh, you know. And he, of course, he doesn't. And then he suicides himself. And everyone's like, he was a hero. What was great was when Ian throws him the rope and it just hits the guy in the face. Right. It totally just smacks. <laughs> it bounces off like a dumb dog. Uh, you know, or a horse. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, Delightful. So I did like, I liked yep. those mini things. The seven-parter was a little stressful. Uh, but there was so much I, to like. I in like this. that the fact that, that it felt like individual little mi- micro episodes strung together versus a lot of filler, you know. But sure, you, no, I, I get saying yeah, I'm we could have cut that whole canyon thing and had they could have done yeah you know, a couple of scenes of that and maybe you know a third of it and it probably would have been better. But that, that's fine. Doesn't matter. It was it was. But I felt like they had they had to have those scenes to build the love story. Which was between Barbara and the guy. Did they have to have the love story between no, Barbara and no, that Barbara sense. needs something. Cause she does. Ian, Ian is not... He's uh, not giving it to her. You know, they're, if you know what I mean. By the way, their radiation detector sucks. And they got to get that thing fixed. It Why? shows in the beginning it's everything's fine. And literally as soon as they walk around, it's like... Whoop. Yeah, well... Right. Come on. It's like Schrodinger's <laughs> radiation... You can't Sticking look at with, it. with, like, the non-story pieces. Yes. The the camera work in this series is amazing. Like, they do a There's lot of so really much in interesting yes. things with very little. But, like, the way it moves around objects and 
pulling into zooms and stuff like it, yeah. it, it was and, and really well i guess it's like a depth of frame type stuff where, where you'll have character in the foreground and then some business in the middle ground and then usually some action in the background it mm-hmm. really gave the whole thing a lot of uh depth depth yeah more more so than probably their budget would have led you to believe but I, I think they did a lot of great work with that uh with the camera work um when susan is running back to the tardis to get the medicine for the radiation she's on her own and she's running through the forest and it's kind of like a nightmare scene almost yeah and it, they do a pull in really tight on her face as she's kind of flailing about and running but the the effect of it um the motion behind her and the way that it's moving cut with the what was clearly a miniature but going kind of point of view going through the forest that editing worked really well together there were a lot of things like that with the camera work that was really well done if you think i think if you imagine this whole storyline that uh susan is on hallucinogenics and probably in some kind of home somewhere when this thing's going on because she is all over the place i'm not a huge fan of susan i think that's let me just say that now maybe she's gonna improve pretty obvious i find her to be hysterical at times and her character goes all over the place so so at one point they're captured by the daleks right so they have to do this run because they've all got terrible radiation poisoning and maybe the radiation poisoning is why hartnell can't seem to get any lines correct and likes (laughs) to step over everybody's lines yeah that does happen a lot other thing yeah so so they're they're deciding like okay we got to go back to the tardis and we got to find uh, medicine, right? And maybe yes. at that point they figured out that someone dropped the medicine. I yeah. can't remember when yeah. when that happens. But they're debating who's going to go. And Ian's like, it's man's work. Um, and Susan's like, no, I can go, right? I know how to use the lock. You're not going to be able to get into the lock. Yeah, and that, okay. And then it ends up happening where Susan is going to go. And then she switches from being a person who wants to go to being instantly petrified and almost useless. <clears throat> right. But yeah. she's like she's like telling them she wants to do it, and then as right. soon as she gets the opportunity to do it, she flips the switch, and she's the damsel in distress. I find her a little bit like, what? Which? What are you? Like, are you the the brave one, or are you the the person that's got to constantly get rescued? I mean, I think she she yes. I I don't think that's necessarily. I don't know how how she can cohesively put that all into one character because i don't think it's necessarily the the actor's fault again like i I will always come back to like the writing and the directing i don't i I think she's given a lot of different things to do and how you reconcile each of those things into a character that makes sense is is very difficult i also don't know because i can't really speculate on this and i'm guessing they didn't know at the time um how old is susan how old is she I actually? Think she's supposed to be in be high se- school. Yeah, she's supposed to be in right. high school. Is she? Yes. And they make she, they if, say if she's, she's a kid a couple times. Yes. I think. She definitely appears to be that way. Um, the doctor is an alien. If she's a his granddaughter, and again, I have no idea what happens to Susan and how this actually fits into canon uh, of this. But if she's actually his granddaughter and an alien, is she seventeen, or does she appear to be an Earthling who's seventeen? Is she actually much older? Like I, I don't know any enough about it to know, kind of how to take her character. And I think this early in the series, uh, I'm sure I'll be corrected by everyone um, that that probably wasn't really fully thought out how that works. But anyway, so I, I, I'm just taking it as she is a is a gifted teenager. So she she understands how to you know some of the things with the the 
when they needed to short circuit the the uh, the devices, the Daleks. Um, uh, visualization devices and and uh short circuit their static electricity generator and all this she has some aptitude in science but then she has she has some bravery but when it really comes down to it like a teenager she she maybe has some bravado like i i'm not gonna give her too much crap for it i'll let you do that it's fine and i also was like i like to pretend that she she's played by that woman that was in that show black books you mean red shoe diaries Tamson Gregg or something. I don't nah, know if I'm pronouncing her no name. You never said that show, Black Books? It was a British show. It's all amazing show. Uh, but then the U.S., there was Episodes, which I think was on Showtime. And oh, she, yeah. She was in that. Oh, yeah. She was the the, the writer? She was the... Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. It's oh. not, obviously, like, if you watch no, I'm gonna, the Daleks I'm gonna... and you get tired, you're like, oh, this would be a lot interesting if she was uh, playing uh, Susan. Huh. It's fine. Who else could you put in that role? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But there's um, like a lot of weird things too in this uh, story that are kind of odd choices. Like there's they introduce this weird uh, plot with the Thals in the beginning with that woman. I don't even remember her name. I don't know if they give her her name. I'm not with sure her they and do. The guy and like yeah they do. You know there's some jealousy or they they set up like this love triangle, but that doesn't ever go anywhere. Mm-mm. And the the women falls have there's several scenes where like a woman will walk up there. I think at one point a woman walks up and the guy just goes, "I can't talk to you right now," and she like turns around and just walks the other way. It is get a line. horribly it's misogynistic. Just, just weird. Yeah, it's like whatever their society. They got cool jackets they like to give to people, but. I don't know um, what to make of the Thals. So Diony is the only – she was the only female Thal that had anything to do. I, I, I took a note at the end whenever they're all saying their tedious goodbyes to everyone. You see uh, several Thal women in the background, and they look like they could be cocktail waitresses at an airport bar. Yeah, I like how like, – yeah, they're all beautiful people. It's like this weird 60s thing. Like if there were silver inflatable pillows, it could be like an Andy Warhol's warehouse or something that you were partying with them. Yeah. But yeah, it, they're all they're all um, striking. I would say, yes. The, uh, but not given anything to actually do except kind of like like you're saying with Diony having that love triangle that didn't really go anywhere and just led to a lot of weird, creepy, lewd comments about yes, how she was weird. four years ago. She was a girl, and now she's yes. a woman. And yes, I noticed, and uh, whatever. Yeah, oh, it was very, just very, very uncomfortable. Oh, the falls in general are creepy, and then they have those dumb headdresses. <laughs> That at certain angles look like backward baseball caps. Ooh, like uh, gross. At any minute they're going to start singing Nookie. Like it had this whole Fred Durst <laughs> thing going on. And it's like, oh, God. Uh, One thing I will say about Susan, because I just I checked into my notes. She did win me back a little bit with her eye winking. So when – do you remember later when they're when – they're, I think it's in like episode episode three or somewhere in the halfway mark. They're They're captured. And she feigns. Oh yes, like, I know. I don't want to go because right. like, and then she does like this over, like overt wink. It's thing, huge, and it's 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 kind of cute. So I, yeah. I I can give it to her that. Okay. Do we want to just hit like from the? Do you want to talk more more general things, or do you want to? Kinda... Do you want to talk about how William Hartnell said anti radiation gloves? And everyone on set was looking at him like he was a complete lunatic. And then about ten seconds go by, and then he goes drugs. <laughs> and then I no even, i didn't notice i that. even rewound it and it's in like the um the closed captioning as well yeah so oh he's my. supposed to say anti-radiation drugs yes and he says gloves that's he fantastic goes, we have to go back and get the anti-radiation gloves <laughs> Be- uh, beat drugs <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that He's is a hot mess. That's and, delightful. And this is only the second story. <laughs> um, I he gets so that. many lines wrong. He's always on top of people when they're talking, like not physically, but uh, on top wow. of their lines. Hello, you boy. Um, no, I did not know that, but I love it. That's that's fantastic. Um, yeah. So, what what did you think of? Since we're going all the way back to the beginning, this is the second serial with this first Doctor. How how does his characterization of the Doctor uh, align with the way that you remember him? And now that we've seen all of the Doctors, how does he fit in? Does it, does his, your opinion of him at all change, or is it informed by what we've well, seen? The to this only point? other memory that I have or experience I have with Hartnell mm-hmm. is the first story that we did. Yeah, the unearthly child and well, Aztecs. That's we the did Aztecs. we did Aztecs first, so we did two um, stories. Yes, so I have those two. Yep. And this one lines up with how I kind of remember him there. He's He doesn't line up at all sort of with how I envision the Doctor. Like, he's not a nice person, yeah. per se. Like, he he's scheming and he lies to people. And if he wants to do something, he'll make something. He literally sabotages the TARDIS and tells them something's broken that's not. Right. And everyone's okay with that. Like, he's kind of a lunatic the way that he even sabotages it though i mean obviously it's for the camera so that you can really see what's happening but like it's he should just be (coughs) look over there we need more mercury oh it was ridiculous going underneath the panel and pulling that out it was it it was nuts i'm sorry i just went through the transcript so i could find that moment uh where the doctor says it's possible that they may have been anti-radiation gloves drugs (laughs) i can't be certain but it does give us a chance I like that because everybody on set is like, it's like one of those things where your, you know, uncle who had a stroke or somebody said something. <laughs> He's going to be fine. And you just got to give him a minute to correct it before you're like. I think Don't call attention to it. He's going to be fine. <laughs> it makes him self-conscious. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think that the doctor was, was, not only was he self-centered and mischievous in that way, but he also gives zero Fs about anyone else. Like, except for yeah, Susan. he doesn't care. Except for Susan. He's like, well, you guys can just stay here and yeah. die. I, I, I want to... Well, first of all, he's like, I don't care what you guys want to do. I want to go see the city. And he gets gets persuaded to wait until the sun comes up. Just, just sensible. And then he does the whole sabotage thing. And I guess he does that first. Whenever they decide that they're going to split up and go look for... Um, who are they looking for? They're looking for Barbara at the time. Ian's going to go... No, 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 no. It's towards the end. Whenever the thaws are coming, it's going to be a, a trap. And Ian's going to go off on his own and stay there and warn them, yes. which we should come back to because what the um, – he's going to stay there. hiding behind the column. And the entire he, time. He and he could he could have said walls? anything at any moment. He waited. Yeah, he waited until someone got killed. I Did he just want to make I don't sure? Like, what do you think of Ian? Ian's super nice, I guess, and like he means well. Stepdad sort of way. But I find, find him to be such a dullard and a bore myself. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's like, all right, he he feels like a dad trying. Is it the cardigan? Is that what's making you feel that I, way? I don't know. Maybe it's something the about the character. I I kind of I get a little bored with him. Oh, Barbara, I, thought he had, I can hang out with. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Being I thought bored. he had a lot I'll to give do. Him more time. Yeah, I thought he had a lot to do in this story, though. He had a lot and, to do. He, and, that's and, the other and thing I want to talk to you about at the end. But I guess we can talk now. Well, I was in the middle how, of a point, but that's cool. We'll I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm just kidding. Point, totally I'm, kidding. None of this means anything. It doesn't matter. You were gonna say what I was gonna end. say is like it's it's interesting to look at these early Doctor Who stories because the Doctor is not anywhere near the main character. Really, I mean, right. he's part of it. Yeah, he spends so much time 
a prisoner of the Daleks in the city standing next to Susan. And it's really super dad, um, Ian, who's really leading the chart. Like, he's he's yeah. driving the story. He's the one with the plans. He's the one that's the hero and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The doctor is sort of, you know, just this guy on the side. He's like a secondary character. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. So it's kind of interesting to see that. So... Yeah, so all, all I was saying was that more about the doctor himself was was just that beyond the mischievous self centeredness, like it just goes to such an extreme that he seemingly and I, I just maybe put emphasis on that because who knows for sure, but he seemingly doesn't care about these passengers who he didn't want to bring along anyway. Um, it was just happenstance that they got you know trapped with him as he's adventuring along, so he doesn't really care. It's it's really uncomfortable. He does have obvious affection for susan which is at least some redeeming quality yeah she says something to him about i'm I'm sorry that you know i was a little flighty or something before and he, he smiles at her pats on pats her on the shoulder and that seemed genuine and he said something to the effect that her opinion of him actually really matters um so there, there's at least that part of it but right. he doesn't care about anyone else what That's if he really weird what if he kidnapped susan and convinced her that they're related. Aww. But it's so good. So he's keeping it's her on psychedelic drugs. Dark. Right. He's, yep. he's keeping her hopped up on uh, a- anti-radiation gloves. Not great. So it's all fine. I mean, it's, I, I, okay. I, another thing about Barbara, who I like. Uh, so you Barbara's really like got Barbara. her thing. He's, Barbara's got her thing on the side, right? She's mama likes the thing that's going on with with this thing. Yeah. And I like the one scene when they're camping together and she wakes up and she's like, you know, her back hurts or whatever. And she goes, I could sure go for a feather pillow and a sprint mattress or, or, or a something mattress. A spring fern mattress. Yeah, sure. Spring mattress. That's what it is. Spring spring mattress. And her boy toy just sort of stares at her and smiles. But he has no idea what these words mean. But he's just so so happy that she's just talking to him he's like yeah he's like you have no idea what a feather pillow or a spring mattress is they don't they, don't, they don't pay attention it. to that in this story nope. at all no uh, well, yeah because fact- you're right you're right because they also reference things that are human like right. i should say ladies for like when did where that does come that up? come from <laughs> yeah, when did that come up in conversation no meaning whatsoever <laughs> susan writes out the entire message from the daleks that they're offered that ends up being a ruse to get them into the get the thaws into the city. Writes it in English back to them, and apparently that's fine. I mean, sure, I, I, it doesn't really matter, but it's it's one of those things that is later something that becomes a plot point. The fact that translation can happen and that people just realize, like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. That you're using, you know, Earth English colloquialisms, and and no one should at this point. Whatever, that that's fine. Um, I, so, just one of the other things I really like about this, in, in an overall sense, we were talking about you were talking about the camera work, and I I totally agree with that. I thought it was really great. I thought the visual effects and the sound effect, sound design, were strikingly good in the story for something yeah, so yeah. early on. Um, the and, and it's, it's probably, minimal. It's minimal. The sound is very minimal. Like there's lots of times where there's no music, like there's no background yeah. stuff, and then when it's used, it's effective. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a moment when. Barbara first gets trapped in the Dalek elevator in the city, 
It's not even obvious that it is an elevator, but through the sound design, you can tell that that's what's going on, and that's just one of those things that helps. Can tell we the story. talk about the yes. Dalek elevator scene? Sure. And, and, this, and this, I think I will. I will support your. They could have cut a lot out of this because there's a lot of things like the Dalek elevator that is just long. Like watching the same clip of the elevator going up or the yes. of the elevator going down or sometimes they're walking in real time you know you're like oh we are gonna if it takes <laughs> 20 minutes to get there we're gonna be with them for 20 minutes every minute but i feel like the elevator in particular it just kept showing it go up and then you would see it from the top mm-hmm. and then you would see it from the bottom and then you would see it from the top and it's like we get it the elevator <laughs> moves we got it and we didn't need to see that the second time and the third time so it was like oh jesus elevator yeah well, I mean, okay, so that, that's true, but the actual shots of those elevators, yeah, they we, were we, miniatures that were being done uh, the way that it was filmed, and it looked convincing. There was the, the initial shots of the Dalek City, um, and probably part of it is because of the quality of the broadcast um, not being very high fidelity, and also the fact that it's black and white it probably hides a lot of those mm-hmm. issues that you might have seen, but it, it seemed to work really well. It looked convincing. I, I love the... Um, the painted backdrops uh, were really effective. Again, it's because of the quality and the black and white, it makes it less obvious when it doesn't look good. Uh, it seemed to work really, really well. I mean, um, I thought the design all around was good. Uh, yeah. And obviously, this is the iconic Dalek creation, too, that we're mm-hmm. seeing for the first time. But what I did read, and I don't do a lot of research, but Uh-oh. I did see that uh, Ridley Scott was the original designer on this. So Ridley Scott from Alien and uh, no, and, yes, but he it was a scheduling conflict or something, and someone else did it. Someone else replaced him. Who I should know that person's name because we were giving them props. Whoa, but, yeah, he would have been the original designer on this. I wonder what his if he even got to the point of doing some preliminary sketches of this. That would have been yeah. I mean, well, he was that would be the designer. I don't know if that necessarily means the sketch artist. I mean, I imagine they would have other artists doing I, that. I don't but know. He would be the person probably you know, overseeing the design of the set. That's incredible. That kind of stuff. That's very cool. Um, great, great, great. The, I guess the last thing on just the effects, <laughs> I thought it worked really well, but Ian was just freaking goofy in it. There, Ian's coming up in the elevator, so it's a composite shot with, um, I think it was like the Doctor and Susan on one side, or all of them on the sides of the elevator and cut out in the middle was the Ian in the elevator coming up. And he just has this goofy grin on his face yeah. when he comes up and does it. It looks really good. Like, it's a convincing shot. But he just looks like an idiot when he's Some doing Some of those scenes are so weird. Like, the yeah. that scene. So, it starts off where uh, they, the, they, they come up with this uh, way to kill a Dalek. Or to get the... I guess they kill a Dalek. Uh, where they get the Dalek the power, to come into yeah. the room. And then they use a rug or something. I can't remember. They put something it was the under cloak. it to stop... A cloak to stop the... Because they figure out it's he's getting static electricity, static electricity mm-hmm. from the floor, and then they they rip the Dalek out, and yep. and you don't see it like they kind of put you it in a claw. or something. It's a weird, and then and, and you know it's something weird, and then they shove Ian in it, right? And then there's a scene where he can't get it to function, and he's right. like, "Oh, just drag it behind me," or like, "Just drag me along," Pull, yep, and it's someone's yep. like. Won't they think it's weird? And then he's just like, no. Yeah. And then they t- <laughs> they nope. take him through the hallway. They're real dummies, these this guys. This is when uh, Susan does her wink thing because the yes. other Dalek's like, where are you taking him? And then they go to the elevator room and they close the door and they can't get Ian out of the thing. Right. 
And right. then they abandon him to die. Right. And then they take the 15 mil elevator ride up. And then the elevator, you get to see it come back down. And then somehow in that time, Ian escapes. And then gets in the elevator. And then they just wait for the elevator. And then Ian comes up and it's like, <laughs> what? Why is this taking so long? What was this 20 minute slow escape? To, like the whole thing was, I guess Ian's dead. No, he's not. You just have to wait. For the elevator to go up and back down. And Did like, you not feel the tension the entire time that's building? I was feeling Woo! The, the true weight of this story. And I was like, <laughs> please, God, I hope we don't have a lot of these seven-parters. And we only have one other seven-parter. I think we have uh, another one that's longer. We have a ten-parter, but yeah. I broke it into two parts. So at least uh, it's going to be five and five. You're God. Right. Um yeah, but so yeah, what did you think? Just like, oh, God, I did please. not see it coming that... Okay, so this is this is also the... You know, I've heard of the um, way to defeat a Dalek is putting mud on its eye stock thing. Like, that that's funny. And then, and then New Who, they, they do the thing. they throw a shoe at a Dalek at one point? <laughs> oh, no, that shoe was Susan's shoe that was covered in mud. Okay. I, I feel like some, there was there's some shoe throwing. It was like a George Bush moment. Yeah, so it's, it's a huge insult in the Dalek community. Um, they take the mud and they put it on the eye stock, so that, that's funny. And then... You know, in New Who, they do the same thing with paint, and the dogs can melt it, and whatever. Anyway, but that was that was kind of nice. Um, uh, 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 the whole static electricity thing, that was interesting. You could see how they were going to make that work, but I did not. Never in a million years would have assumed that they would have shoved Ian into a Dalek no. uh, machine. That but was would even fit. Th- there's no way that, that he... He's, well, he did say it's a little cramped on the legs. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dumb Ian. <laughs> Poor dumb Ian. Uh, uh, but he couldn't get the controls to work, but he could make the voice work and could see the video of what's going on. Yeah, somehow that all functions. And he could fine. talk through the voice box and, and all And then that, eventually that he that could get it to to operate. He could operate it to make it roll on its own. So he figured it out What was interesting about time. that whole thing was talking through and then sounding like a dollar. Like, they're purposely making their voice sound that way. Right. Right? Like, it's not that... It's it's all you're not talking in pulses and then it's, it's all affected to speech. It's yeah, it's just cool. It, just, it makes you sound like a dollar because they like that sort of thing. I didn't um, think of that. That's actually that's nuts. Speaking speaking of sort of the story part of this, if we yes. want to call this that, what did you think of the the idea that sort of you have these two people at war? Yeah, and one branch of humanity or whatever they're called in this world the thals yeah start off as warriors and then become super pacifists almost right. to a fault and like yep. the, the messaging behind this is also kind of a little weird, weird. yeah um and then you have the other group who are called dolls although in genesis of the daleks they are something else i don't remember what they're called oh, i forget they're not, right. they're not dolls so right. i think maybe that's a retcon thing or something that happened but they become addict or they can only survive on radiation and right the anti-radiation is poison because they have that interesting scene where the the uh daleks torture them where they experiment on their own kind and they're yes. watching the videos and they're like group one is dead group two and there's that that scene when they give them the the dose it's almost like a sexual thing. It's good. like they start like moaning. Do you know what I'm talking about? I didn't. About? Yes, I didn't take it in that way, but it's sure. Like a weird freak out though. It's like very yes. 60s, like with the camera work and everything. Yes. It's like an acid trip. But then and the one Dalek like, is just like spinning around in circles, yes. making sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like this it ecstasy great. thing where yes. whatever's going. Or maybe I was on ecstasy. I think you're <laughs> watching, uh, watching this. Um, but what does that sort of make sense to you? Okay. Like, 
they don't remember but... each other like and the the these people have been on the planet looking for food and they're not aware that the Daleks are in the city or if they are they don't know what they've become like it right felt like it was almost like you they were in another world completely like they have never crossed paths the Daleks seem to be well aware of the Thals yes they've got like you know uh those cameras everywhere they got sensors they're, right they're watching it but the Thals are like really dumb people like they have they seem like they're, they're completely disconnected yeah yeah Does well, that make sense so no but okay, the doctor <laughs> the doctor does talk about how when he sees you know they, they're carrying around their history um in these reel-to-reel tapes and the and, and the photos they have the history around. just carrying it around with them and they uh uh have have images of the first thal and the first doll and how they have changed, and the and the dolls were philosophers, uh, and became, you know, and, and scientists or whatever, right. and and became, yep, you know, as you said, the doctor says something about how after the neutron bomb war, there was all this mutation, and that the thals mutated, and it came full circle. Yes, they and came they full mutated circle. And the other back. one hadn't, and the something. other one right? hadn't, like the mu- hadn't mutated hadn't. the whole way. Not that that's a thing that, that makes any make sense. Any that sense. you keep like the thals and. At a halfway point, were Dalek-like and then became human again, right? Or, or something. How that doesn't are make, they really, and it's and only, why are they so separate? And like, it's only five hundred years. It's not. It's not that long for that extent of mutation to happen and then reverse into some Aryan godlike race. I don't know. That that's yeah. that's fine. Speaking of the Aryan gods, though, yes, I did like the sort of the flip of having these um, Aryan types. Being the ones that are hunted because they're ugly or because they're impure or whatever. I forget what right, the Daleks right. refer to. That they're mutated, right. Yeah, that they're the ones that are, are the beautiful Aryans are the target of the, the Daleks' hatred. Right, right. That was but, interesting. But then since the Daleks hadn't mutated full circle or whatever reason, so they've, ad- they've adapted somehow to the radiation, even though it's presumably their conveyances they're in are the things that's protecting them from the radiation – which doesn't make yeah, any sense. I, I don't know. Little, and then they can't leave the city strange. because they it operates on static electricity and they uh, they just don't have roads that go yeah, out and that they, far. I guess they just get rid of that idea that you have they have to be on metal. Right. They do all later. The Dalek stories yes. we've seen they're literally down you know going down a road or wherever. Yeah. So that does change later. But yes, yeah, yeah. The, they were just bumper cars before. Um, I like the scene when um, Barbara and her... You just uh, like any scene with Barbara. Yep, Barbara and that, that guy, and uh, they, they're wearing their Mortal Kombat gear. But they talk about the lake, right? And he tells that story, and it's like a little... For, you know, it's kind of nice. Full of mutations. Story and we're going to end up in the, the swamp. Um, of course. They, they say the swamp, and then they do a zoom on a mountain... Did that seem odd to you? Well, it was the mountains were on one part of it. The swamp was on the other side. So there was natural fortification around the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah, but but they're but the scene is all about the swamp. Right. And Barbara says like, uh, he's like, oh, this is too morbid. I shouldn't be talking about right. This. She's right, like, right. You know, I'm fine as long as we're far away from there. Cut to mountains. her POV uh, uh, push on a mountain. Right. It's like, shouldn't you be pushing on the swamp or I the guess. water? Because yeah. I think there was like water at the base, but it. Felt like a mismatch with the editing and the what they're talking. So, about. other than that, the entire story was perfect. Is what totally. you're saying? That was yeah. the no, I don't one know. I, thing. I, I I don't love this story, and maybe that's huh. a bad thing to say. Like, I would not. Put it is this, a bad thing. I think I like the Aztecs more than I like this one. 
remember the Aztecs. Yeah, I I remember not liking the Aztecs very much. I mean, the Daleks are cool, and this is the first time we see them, and and it's it's always fun. Yeah, and to and see I how much like of it actually carries through. This, but also yeah. other parts of this I didn't love. Huh. I don't know, man. Barbara had one job: tie the freaking <laughs> rope around the rock, and she can't do she it. Do it. And they keep making these people tie them off. And they can't get it right. Like, even with Ian's tied and the guy jumps and misses. Right. There's, like, a shot where you see rope and then it, the rope falls. Yeah. And he's still tied. It was so tied it was around like, him. Like, that should have just dragged him rope? right off. And he was hanging out with his fingernails onto the... onto the. <laughs> when he when Ian does the first jump and he, he's going to do a running jump and he takes 20 minutes to get up the courage to do it. Oh, and he yeah. jumps and he just, like, lands against the wall in yeah. that way. Like, he is a really fit... Uh, science teacher. He is fit. To be able and to he that. also likes to, I like like the positive reinforcement. Like everyone goes, he's like, you did a pretty good job. You should have went first. You're much better at this. You're so much me. better. Oh my yeah. goodness. It was my fault. I threw it wrong. But you're, right, you're right. going to get this. Your See, he's a teacher. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, um, I mean, is there anything? I'm trying to think. Um, the first time we see the Daleks fire a laser, it's only a paralyzing beam. That was kind of right. cool. Um, that their their inverted black and white, white to black shots was kind of interesting. I'm trying to see if there's anything like uh, well, significant one, I'll say, else. I'll that say one here. other thing that's interesting about this too is the the doctor. I mean, this is the second. This is the second story, so they're establishing what yeah, the doctor is and who the doctor is. Right. But he doesn't know everything, which is kind of interesting. So I liked how excited he was with the Thals when he gets their maps. Yes. And he's got the maps lying out. And he's trying to figure out the universe. Like, this is Scaro, which is a huge, obviously, in current who. Yes. He knows everything about them. There's a time where there's all this history. But now he doesn't even know this area of the galaxy or the universe or whatever we're talking about. So I liked right. how excited he is. Like, that's an interesting character trait for him, that he's so into knowledge and learning new things. He doesn't care who dies between yes. him and figuring it out. So All he that, cares about is the exploration. That's true. Yeah. That is his overriding character characteristic. So I, 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 but I did like that when he's, like, he puts two and two together. So she's putting these things, these, like, they're like hexagons or something, right? The map. Yeah. And he's like, yep. oh, well, then, you know, if that's this, and then that could connect to that. and Figure out where they are exactly. Like, right. Good job, Hartnell. So what did you, what was your take on the whole um, inverted Aryan Nazi pacifism versus whatever like the, the the obvious allegories that were going on? What was your do you have any real take on it at all? I thought it was, I mean it was like I guess you got to be a jerk or like it was like hmm. they being a pacifist in this and you think about the state of the world at the time that this is going on and and uh, you know this is nineteen sixty four or whatever and yeah. It's portrayed as if you take that stance, you're going to lose. And it's if there's to, nothing you'll fight for, right. then you'll lose. Because it's basically, you know, uh, if you're going to either fight and die. Like, I think they say that at one point. It's like, is it better to uh, fight and die free or, you know, be a slave and take it easier? That's, that's, that's exactly what they <laughs> said. Yeah. He's reading verbatim here. But it's, you know, it was like if you don't go to war or if you don't fight for the right things then that's party. bad which could be used to exploit people into fighting wars that shouldn't be fought anyway so it was, right, it was a right. little it was a little weird i thought there was one I, moment I when found. the when the uh, daleks give a nazi salute with their eye stocks or with their, yeah. with their plungers which was a little on the nose but that was, what did, that was you, what did you think though of that whole pacifism thing 
Um, no, I, I felt the same way. It was it was a little uh, problematic, maybe, to to make that argument. Except that it was coming to the point of um, there has to be something that you will fight for, and just knowing that, that is in in their nature. That and it always, of course, comes down to fighting for sex was the the baseline. Yeah, for that, yeah, that, exactly. Which is kind of weird. Yep, he's not going to do anything until all of a sudden Ian's like, I'm going to take your woman. Right. And then it's like, oh, I guess you will fight for something. Right, right, right. Bros fist bump. And then they tell the women to be quiet. <laughs> Tap another keg. Um, uh, yeah, so, so there was that. Um, but then there's the, the I think, maybe more interesting, uh, question mark, uh, where, where Ian is trying to figure out, like, there's the argument. There's actually a real argument between or among uh, our, our heroes here where Ian can't figure out a way and can't rationalize trying to convince the Thal to help them get back into the city to get their liquid something coupling coolant thing whatever the it's the MacGuffin mercury, that they right are they looking for they drop the yeah they drop the actual the device the, the MacGuffin that they're looking the, for the mercury right so he can't convince them to do that because how can he get them to die for or potentially die risk their lives for something for them that gives them no value. And Barbara is very much on the other side of that, um, needs to argue with them to, to do it. Uh, I, I found some of that at least more interesting because it, it was the first time we had a rift within the um, the companions on the side. Of course, the doctor was just like, I'm just going to get back in the TARDIS and I'll wait for you guys. But um, yeah, I just did you have any feeling around that? Because it, it actually oh, got okay. kind of heated between them. Yeah. No, I mean, really I guess register. so. Yeah, yeah I, I was fine. I mean, I, I don't... I like the fact that they were disagreeing on something, but once again, it just felt like everything was Ian's decision about, you know, it was like, that's all about Ian. All about Ian. It's all about Ian. I don't remember what uh, the granddaughter's position was in that. She was with Ian, obviously. Okay. Yeah. It was was Barbara and the doctor that kind of got... But then she got a new coat at the end, and she was like, I got this new coat. And then she falls over at the end. Just kind of, whatever. Great, and then you got that nice at the end, the of Barbara and her man, and they get a little. There's like some kisses, some kisses moments. going on. So he does a nice little uh, cheek kiss, and then she's like, "You know what? Oh, cool. I'm kissing you." And then she leaves, and it's like, "Why don't you just bring him and <laughs> kick Ian out?" Come on, yeah, bring yeah. Making that, but it was uh, weird because I, I wasn't sure about Ian and Barbara, right? So it was like there's those scenes where oh. her boyfriend and Ian are hanging out. And it's like you know your ex and your 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 current one are together. Right? How weird that was. And oh, that, that adds a whole other layer to. It. Maybe yeah, there's a whole backstory. But I guess where they, they, you're saying they didn't have a relationship. not that I know of, but I like it better. I'm going to read it that way now yeah. from now on. That they have a torrid uh, affair and they are no longer. They're just trying to be friends, trying to get past it. Um. Okay. Well, I think that's everything. It's fine. I think we covered we it We did all. it. We did it. All right. So, um, hey, tell me, what do we have? What's the what's the plan, Eric? What's the plan right. for well, our stories going talk about forward? So I have, I have uh, updated the round two, although we're calling it round two, but it's still just really a continuation. So the we've decided to pretty much do everything that was on our list. Oh so this goes out. I got tired of writing the dates in. But the last date that I wrote was February 10th, 2021. And there's still several episodes for us to review after that. So we are going to be switching doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. So we're going to do Hartnell, which right now it's happening. It just happened. And then we're going to 
keep going until we loop back again to Hartnell. So we got a Troughton story next, and then we're going to do a Pertwee story, and then we're going to do a Tom Baker story, and then we're going to do a Davison story, and then we're going back to Hartnell. What? So the next one that we're doing, so this is the Daleks. The next one we're going to do is Enemy of the World. Uh, that's a tr- uh, Patrick Troughton story. Also, I think, maybe a six- or seven-parter. Woo! That's going to be on July 3rd, so get your fireworks ready. And then we'll do Inferno, which is a Pertwee story. Then Seeds of Doom, which I guess is a Tom Baker story, right? Is it? Sure, it sure. Is. And then Kinda, which is a Peter Davison story. Kinda. Kinda, I know, I keep saying, I'm going to say kinda again and again and again. It's going to be fine. When we do the story, it's going to be even better. And then after we do Kinda Mm. on September 4th, we're going to do The Edge of Destruction, which is the next story after the Daleks. Yeah. Uh, Cool. And the reason why we did this is because we're doing a lot of Hartnell stories. And we'd be doing Hartnell for for a year and a half. At least. Before we moved on to the next one. So this way we'll, you can, there's a doctor for you. Unfortunately, we've done all of uh, McCoy. Yeah, so McCoy is done. It sucks. Uh, Colin Baker is done. I think we've done all the Colin Bakers we can do. Hey, this is Eric just popping in here to let you know that I've actually added uh, another story, another Colin Baker story. So we're adding in Revelation of the Daleks. Don't tell Dan. Maybe it's just because it was the last Doctor that we did, and we did so much of him, and I really enjoyed the relationship between the Doctor and Ace, that now of the classic Doctors, at this moment, McCoy is my favorite. Yeah, I can see that. That's strange. I, I know. I feel like I would like to see more yeah. of that, and we're not going to get it. We're never going to get it. We did all the McCann stories, obviously. There was only one. <laughs> all, I've all also added uh, episode 100. What? We will be, uh, what are we doing there? All the way on September 16th, 2020. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So pack a lunch. Uh, we're going to be doing Doctor Who and the Daleks, the movie. What? And, yep. And then again, at the end of our show, uh, just prior to the double suicide, is the Daleks Invasion Earth 2150. Oh, the Daleks. Sense. It's interesting. So this the movie is, they're pretty much all all in on the Daleks. I right. think Doctor Who at this point doesn't even make it into the title. But the Daleks invasion of Earth, so now we can add uh, Peter Cushing to the Pantheon that we do. And someone on our live show had said that he that is considered canon now? I don't believe it is. Because they never show his me. face when they do their from what I the doctor's going to die. You got to do it right. See all the past. Every, every they show everyone else, face. but not him. Also, I believe the first Cushing movie that we're doing that features the Daleks is kind of this story, but it's different. Like none of none of it actually lines up. The the it's this character story we just did. Well, I don't know if it's, it's this per se, but it is similar. I haven't seen it, and I just look. Okay. It kind of came up in what I was reading, but the fact that there is an Ian in this, but Ian's character is, is very different than what we see um, in gotcha. the serials. So, all right. So anyway, that's gonna be fun. Doesn't matter. We're, we're fun. doing it. We're doing both movies. I'm looking forward to some Technicolor uh, fun times. Yeah, and will there be a round three? Honestly, uh, climate change will destroy us. (laughs) If we make it to episode 117, it's going to be on some kind of... We'll be on like one of those doors. I don't know if you'll be Rose or if I'll be Rose, but we're going to be floating in the thing, and one of us is going to sink down uh, like Jack. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll just be dragging each other down. It's going to be fine. <laughs> hard cut to, like, a picture of one of us naked. That was, <laughs> that was hand-drawn uh, in this <laughs> car and that's great. So yeah, Titanic. We didn't. I'm sorry, we didn't really we do much of, much of a call out on um, Twitter for feedback on this story, but we did get a little bit. Um, did we get any uh, listener mail either? Nothing that nothing uh, in relation to this. Um, some people, some kind words about the uh, uh, the live show, which was a lot of fun. I'm glad everyone got to do that. That was cool. Um, but we did get one thing from Tom Tarpy saying, "I have great reverence for the early episodes and everything they did to make Doctor Who what it became, but I find them very difficult to watch." Looking forward to our review. So yeah, that's kind of where we are. But that's why we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna shake it up a little bit and jump through uh, different doctors as we go. So we'll enjoy it. I think that's it, Eric. Anything else from done. you? Nope. What? Okay. Are so you, you can follow us on Twitter at TODW show. Uh, TODW show. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, TODWS on Facebook. Uh, you can send us an email at the old Doctor Who show at gmail.com and you can check out our show pages. Our gifts, our schedule, um, leave comments gifts. at theolddoctorwhoshow.com. Um, yeah, and then I guess until next time, goodbye. Yeah, goodbye, everyone. Uh, yeah, please. please. Please be good oh. to each other. Yeah. I don't have anything. I, no, I thought you were going to say about the, the P.O. Box again, but you already did it no, once. No, no, I already yeah. did the P.O. Box 2131. Uh, I would not dare no, say you wouldn't that say again. 2131. I was going to say, if you if there's something we missed from round two. Too effing bad, do your own podcast. We're not adding anymore. Record your own version of it. when we're doing Planet of the Spiders. Oh, boy. I think we're pretty much covered. I mean, I can't imagine there being too many that are you have to see that we, we didn't already I know, we're gonna be good don't worry about it oh god make it end all right bye bye